Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Hopefully everyone had a good long weekend and are ready to be right back at it to the grindstone. Here's what we got going on today. We spoke with a meteorologist with Environment Canada about the possibility of some showers later this week that could have thunderstorms attached. The federal agriculture critic is the latest weigh-in on drought on the prairies, as well as on the Canadian Food Inspection Agency's animal traceability rules. And two Danish students have embarked on a career in agriculture in Saskatchewan. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. A chance of much-needed rain for crops and soil moisture is forecast this week for southern Saskatchewan. Meteorologist with Environment Canada, Samantha Mounty, says it was definitely dry at the end of July and coming into this month. The incoming weather pattern for the south is a bit stormy, though. So kind of into an upper trough pattern, which basically means like upward movement of air, um, which generally brings a little bit more storminess, possibility of showers and thunderstorms, as well as some cooler temperatures. So you're in that pattern for, for most of this week, actually. So for the rest of the week, possibility of some showers and thunderstorms. But Thursday, it looks like the greatest possibility of wet weather with a low pressure system tracking across southern Saskatchewan. Mountie says portions of the southeast could get a decent shot of moisture on Thursday between 10 and 20 millimeters, but thunderstorms may accompany it. There are some other models showing higher rainfall amounts, but it can be can be hard to pinpoint. So within with convection embedded in a system, it's kind of harder to pinpoint where exactly some of those higher rain amounts could be, mostly just because it's dependent on where any thunderstorm is occurring. So any place that's getting a thunderstorm could see possibly higher amounts. She says the southern part of the province may be under this weather pattern for a while. So this unsettled pattern that I was talking about before, it looks like parts of Saskatchewan may remain in this unsettled pattern for a little while. So that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the possibility of rain and showers every day, but generally a higher probability um, over the next week or so that southern Saskatchewan will see some thunderstorms and showers associated with this upper low. That's Samantha Mounty, a meteorologist with Environment Canada. U.S. farmers are raising the fewest beef cows since at least 1971. The numbers are down 2.6% from one year ago, and rising feed costs are one of the main reasons. Brad Rippey is with the U.S. Department of Agriculture. 
taking a look at some of the livestock numbers for the month of July. First of all, hay production area in drought, 30% on August 1st, down slightly from 32% at the beginning of the month. And then the U.S. cattle inventory in drought, the current number, August 1st, 37% of the U.S. cattle inventory in drought, down 41% from June 27th. Tight cattle supplies mean higher prices being paid by packers. One analyst is predicting a bloodbath for packer margins over the next two to three years. Back with Saskag today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch. For Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca. The talk of drought on the Canadian prairies has been everywhere, from the municipal level to provincial and even federal. Federal agriculture critic and Alberta Conservative MP for the Foothills constituency, John Barlow, acknowledged farmers and ranchers have been feeling anxiety. It's going to be a, a rough year uh, for many parts of, of Alberta, Saskatchewan, uh, BC, and as you said, into Manitoba. Uh, so I know a lot of the municipalities have, have declared a state of disaster. We'll be, you know, looking for agri recovery funding to to help these producers get through this. Um, I know Saskatchewan's uh, agriculture minister has already come forward and, and requested that from the federal government. Um, so there is going to, you know, there's a program there, agri-recovery for these types of instances. Um, and it's uh, something I think the, the federal government is going to have to negotiate with the provinces to, to step up and, and ensure that uh, these farms remain economically viable. And, and what has been a tough the last couple of years, and you know, it's not as bad as it was two years ago, but uh, some areas are pretty hard hit. Another issue that's been a source of anxiety is the animal traceability regulations from the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. Groups and venues that host roping, rodeos and 4-H beef shows are required to report on livestock that had been on site. Barlow says no resolution has been made at this time. He's heard, from, he's heard of the CFIA being at a fair in Nova Scotia enforcing these rules and a recent event in High River, Alberta feeling uneasy about the rules affair in Nova Scotia where the CFIA had staff on site and was, was were checking tags and, and checking forms and so sort of I guess uh, laying the groundwork for, for what is coming and it did send a you know a bit of anxiety through the show where you know especially a, lo- a lot of young 4-Hers were, were unsure of what to do and and uh, were, were quite anxious about you know the potential of being in contravention of, of these new rules. So uh, this is exactly what we were worried about is, you know, the impact this was going to have on, on shows and, and our rural communities. And we've got uh, the chuck wagon races in High River right now with the, the High River Agriculture Society. So certainly have been getting an earful from them on, on the concerns that they have with this. So they just simply don't have the resources or the volunteer manpower to uh, take something like this on. And, and the uh, Canadian Cattle Association and livestock groups uh, don't feel that this is, is necessary and will actually be more more harmful and an additional cost, which isn't uh, something they need right now either. So we've got some time. We're still going to push for this to be amended and hopefully scrapped altogether. You know, the, the CFIA has got bigger problems and bigger fish to fry. And when their resources are stretched as thinly as they are, it just doesn't make sense to be taking on additional responsibilities, certainly when uh, there are much bigger issues for them to be focusing on. Critics say putting the onus on volunteers to track animal movement is not feasible. Business groups are still calling on the federal government to take action in the wake of the recently resolved British Columbia port workers dispute, arguing Ottawa must ensure such a disruption never happens again. 
But experts say the federal government is walking a difficult tightrope between the demands of the business community and protecting workers' constitutional rights. The union representing about 7,400 B.C. port workers announced Friday that members had voted almost 75% in favor of their latest contract offer, ending five weeks of turbulence that stopped the shipping of billions of dollars worth of goods. After the results were announced, Federal Labor Minister Seamus O'Regan said he was directing federal officials to review the entire case to avoid a port disruption of this magnitude from happening in the future. Larry Savage, a professor in the Labor Studies Department at Brock University, says the Liberal government has been under intense pressure to settle the port dispute for weeks. Business groups and some political leaders called for back-to-work legislation amid the dispute and say concrete action is still needed now that it has come to an end, with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business asking the feds to designate ports as an essential service and scrap its promise to ban replacement workers. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Rod McDonald of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. A strong close to the 2022-2023 crop year by both CN and CP Rail. The Ag Transport Coalition reports the two major railways supplied a combined 98% of hopper cars ordered in Green Week 52, up from 96% in Green Week 51. CN supplied 98% of hopper cars ordered for Week 52, matching the performance seen in Week 51. CP fulfilled 99% of hopper car orders for week 52, an improvement from the 94% order fulfillment performance seen the prior week. Stateside, USDA reports the spring wheat harvest is now 11% complete. That's 3% behind the five-year average of 14% for this time of year. South Dakota leads the way at 38% harvested, while North Dakota is at just 2%. USDA said 41% of the spring wheat crop was rated good to excellent. Winter wheat harvest in the U.S. is now 87% complete. That's right in line with the five-year average for this time of year. Meantime, USDA says widespread rains this past weekend and a break from the extreme heat helped corn and soybean conditions rebound. Corn was rated 57% good to excellent, up 2% from last week. Soybeans were rated 54% good to excellent, also up 2% from last week. The federal and Alberta governments have announced an extension of the enrollment deadline for the 2023 Agri-Stability Program. The original deadline was April 30th. It's now been extended to September 29th. Alberta Agriculture Minister R.J. Sigurdsson says the Alberta government has listened to farmers and ranchers who've been impacted by wildfires and drought. He says allowing late participation in agri-stability will enable them to reassess their business risks and make an informed decision about signing up to protect their operations and livelihoods. Agri-stability compensates margin declines greater than 30% at $0.80 for every dollar of decline. The government says payments to producers who sign up through late participation will be reduced by 20% to encourage proactive enrollment. 
And the UN World Food Program is slowly starting to deliver food aid to Ethiopia again. Nearly five months ago, it took the extraordinary step of suspending aid to millions of people after discovering a massive scheme to steal donated grain. Critics, including aid groups and health workers, called the move immoral, claiming hundreds of people died of hunger because of it. And that's today's Ag Review. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers early this afternoon with a risk of a thunderstorm. Also hazy and a high of 22 degrees. Tonight, mainly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers overnight and a low of 13 Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, another 30% chance of showers in the morning and early in the afternoon, high of 21. And tomorrow night, more showers and a low of 11. Thursday, cloudy and a 60% chance of showers, high of 25, the low 11. Friday, sunshine, high of 23, a low of 11. Saturday, sunny, high of 25, the low 12. Sunday, partly cloudy, high of 24, the low 13. And sunshine for Monday, high of 27 degrees. Normal highs for this period are around 26, normal lows 10. Sun rose at 5.36 this morning, and the sun will set at 8.31 tonight. Taking a look around the province in Estevan 25, the community is also the warm spot for the province. Swift Current 22, Saskatoon and Yorkton 20, Weyburn 24. The cool spot in Saskatchewan is in Waskasu Lake at 13. In Regina, mostly cloudy, north-northwest wind at 15 kilometers an hour, humidity at 38%, temperature 23 degrees or 74 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 101.4, and falling. In Moose Jaw, some smoke, north-northeast wind at 15 kilometers an hour, temperature 23 degrees. Once again in Regina, mostly cloudy, north-northwest wind at 15, temperature 23 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to SaskAg Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of SaskAg Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. There is a Danish flavor to the Willowbrook area farm of David and Evelyn Hall this summer. Two young women from Denmark are helping out on the Hall farm this summer as they pursue careers in agriculture. They came through the International Rural Exchange Program. 20-year-old Nina Tronberg aspires to be a veterinarian, and 21-year-old Lina Lindholm Christensen wants to be a dairy farmer. Nina and Lina talked about their career paths and the value experience they gained on the Hall Farm. First, Tronberg was asked what prompted her to pursue a career in agriculture. Well, uh, right now I study on the Ag School in Denmark um, and I specialize in cows because I want to be a cow veterinarian. But um, 
I didn't know anything about cows, uh, so I wanted to go to the agricultural school to learn something about cows. Tronberg explained why did she want to come to Canada to work on a farm. It's because I wanted to experience the world and do it now instead of later in the life. So I just wanted to experience the world and try something new. Tronberg says she has been working on the Hall Farm for about a month and has another two months left. She says she is getting to experience all aspects of the farm. Um, and in the morning I take cows um, and then I work in the field and work on the farm and whatever they told me they told me to do. Nina was asked about the farms back in Denmark and how they are the same or different from the farms she sees here. Back in the days there were a lot of farms but it's hard to farm in Denmark and it's only getting harder and harder so um, most of the farms shut down and because of that the farms just get bigger and bigger but there is small farms too. Lina Christensen says the difference between farms in Denmark and Canada is the fact that everything is bigger here. So we farm what would be equivalent to like 1800 hectares on whole farms and an average farm at home is about 250 heads of dairy cows and approximately the same in hectares so like 250-300 hectares. So it's uh, everything's bigger over here like the machinery, the seeding, like the tractor I was driving uh, when I was running the grain cart um, in 2021, I, I'm not even allowed to drive that at home because it's too wide for the roads. So that's just a little bit about the size over here. Christensen says it's a lot different farming here. Like when you're in dairy at home, everything is so planned and we live on a schedule because we have the vet coming every other day on like the same weekdays and we have uh, just things that we need to do and everything's pretty much scheduled out. And coming here and working with crops, like we make a new plan every day and sometimes more, more times in a day. So like that um, different schedule, you have to learn how to work around and that has helped me, uh, you know, overcome uh, surprisingly things that happens at the dairy farm at home. You know, there's always something happening that makes your plan kind of shifts or something needs to be prioritized differently. So that's a really nice experience, like, you know, to learn that too when you're so used to having a schedule at home. And I just love Canada. Everybody is so friendly and open arms and it's such a nice country to visit. So, yeah, I am really looking forward to coming back. You can tell that Christensen has been in Canada for a while. She has taken up one of her favorite pastimes, complaining about the highways. We really like their gravel roads, like they are amazing. The RM counters just um, does such a good job on keeping them up. But we really just hate and despise your like normal asphalt roads, they are so bad. Um, I really don't miss that about Canada, um, but I would like to take your gravel uh, roads with me home. And then I really, like, we really like the weather over here, it's nice and sunny, and you're always counting on that, but we would like some rain, please. That's Lina Linholm Christensen. We also heard from Nina Tronberg. They are both from Denmark and are pursuing careers in agriculture. They have been gaining valuable practical experience working on David and Evelyn Hall's farm in the Willowbrook area. You're listening to Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young.
This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Graham Finn is one of several Australians who have established successful cattle operations in Alberta. Finn arrived from down under 29 years ago, and after spending several years managing cattle on large Australian ranches, at the time land in Alberta was more affordable than Australia. He bought his first piece of grassland in the Crossfield area north of Calgary for $1,700 an acre in the early 1990s, but getting started in Canada was a grind. Finn is a big believer in diversification and talks about his current businesses, which includes selling forage seed and agro-tourism. We have a seed company that we distribute forage seed through Western Canada and that was started just off the farm and now it's moved into Calgary and Mm -hmm. we have our cow-calf operation, we have our grass-finished beef operation and then um, also we have agro-tourism. Now agro-tourism, the fact that you're fairly close to Calgary, is that a big help? Yeah, definitely. Like the airport, we get trips in from Europe and UK Mm -hmm. and Aussie and NZ and one from Argentina. That's really good base. It's an international airport. If if we were in, you know, Saskatoon or something, it'd be a pain in the ass. Every day from um, Lufthansa straight into Calgary, three o'clock every afternoon. WestJet, Air Canada, into the UK and into France, everyday trips. We do outbound and inbound trips and... um, it's started off with one or two interests of going to Australia or New Zealand. My partner's a Kiwi. So we said, oh, yeah, we can put that together. He, he's a travel agent himself, but he was just booking holidays, you know, where this way we're um, really majored on agriculture. We got eight or nine trips going to Hanover for Agrotechnica in, the, in November. So, And some of them are just Agrotechnica and home, and others are tour France or tour Germany or something yeah. as well. So, so do you take them beyond the farm? Like if they want to go to the Rockies or something, oh, yeah. did, did you go that Shit, that yeah. far? Yeah, you do the whole thing. Oh yeah. So we'll have lay day when they get in. Yeah. Then we'll do a couple of farms, and then another day will be to Banff or Waterton, or it'll be to Head Smashed In. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be a farm again, and another farm t- tours, and then it'll be to Edmonton. Some of them want to go to a mall, so we go yeah, to yeah, yeah, Balzac yeah. or Edmonton Mall, and the guys tell us what they want to do, and we'll just make it happen. So how big are the tours? Like, what do they range in size from? Will we have a busload busloads 50 people but if there's more than that we'll put on a second trip we've had three continuous trips in from New Zealand that week apart really? same trip but they had so overwhelming and into Brazil we had three of those so the Canadians wanted to go to Brazil so we thought we'd fill one bus and we had another load for another bus and we had another so it just just snowball it why is Canada a, a popular destination the dollar (laughs) you go to EU or UK or US and even New Zealand's pricing itself out with flights right now but all those guys can come over here and Aussies and Kiwis will be par almost Mm -hmm. but then all the Europeans and and they've got the power of the dollar so (laughs) they're $130 US or Euro or pound sterling can get them a $200 room night you know we can jazz it up a little so yeah and that's why I try to encourage young people just stack enterprises that you can manage and on yeah. your farm and stuff. Now you brought in Australian 
forage varieties to Canada. Why did you think they would work here? They're all annuals. Okay. So in Australia and New Zealand, they're winter-grown crops, which make it perfect for here. We can seed them early. They won't get affected by frost. We can have the forage rapes and the turnips and the Italian ryegrasses and hairy vetch. All those things are winter-grown crops. So it's normally we don't get this hot here, but we can grow longer into the season. So when other our cereals are starting to die for, say, winter swath grazing for oats or triticale uh, or corn, they'll start dying at the first frost where forage rapes can go through to minus 10. So we can, they'll still keep growing. Every morning it might be minus 10, but it's five above by the afternoon. They'll still keep on growing. So it's a high, high-quality yeah. feed with longevity. So how widespread are you on the prairies? Are you like in Saskatchewan too? Or? Uh, yeah, well, all the way to across Ontario. Mm-hmm. We've kind of, That's why we had to move to Calgary, central trucking, mm-hmm. um, better management, depoting for big trucking companies, mm-hmm. those kind of things. So... Yeah, we go to Emo, Fort Francis, um, Smithers, BC. We get all our perennial varieties from in here in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just our annuals. Yeah. Graham Finn ranches in the Crossfield region north of Calgary and, in addition to his cattle, is involved with selling forage seed and an agro-tourism company. He spoke last month during a tour at the International Federation of Agricultural Journalists Congress at Olds, Alberta. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $18.60 at 731 32 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is up four dollars and ninety-six cents at three fifty twenty-nine. The rest were unchanged. Durham five oh five twenty-three. Feed barley three twenty sixty-one. Chickpeas ten thirty-six seventeen. Flax five sixty-one fifty-four. Lentils seven thirty-seven fifty. Oats two sixty-two thirty-two. Yellow peas three sixty-five eighty-nine. And feed wheat two seventy ninety-seven. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is up nine cents at eight dollars and thirty-three and a quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of August 8th. Our last regular sale was on August 2nd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.35 to $1.55. D3 cows sold from $1.10 to $1.35. Counter cows sold from $0.78 cents to $1. Hefret sold from $2.05 to $2.39. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.50 to $1.70. We didn't have enough steers and heifers in any weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. Most producers are holding on to them until our yearling pre-sort on August 14th. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now here are the latest pork prices. This is Bill Alford with the Hams Market Commentary for Tuesday, August 8th. Hams sold 4,100 hogs Friday, selling a range of 248 to 264 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 12,300 head. 
selling a range of 247 to 262 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price is mixed and four contract prices open mixed this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar was down two basis points with a daily exchange rate 1.3355. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.45 cents US. Today, the U.S. cash prices are mixed on the first business day in Canada after the August long weekend. The negotiated Western Corn Belt did not post a value citing confidentiality, but Monday's value was $1.31 US rate higher than Friday. Tuesday's national reference softened 19 cents compared to the previous day, while the cutout adjusted variant was down 73 cents. The cutout continues to hold value at levels seen over the past couple weeks. Lean hog feeders saw a notable upside in yesterday's trade when Canadian markets were closed. There's no breaking news and no real fundamental reason for the uptick, but the move merely recovers the futures to the previous near-term upper ends of their ranges. However, the Canadian dollar has come under pressure that developed last week and has continued into this morning's trade. On August 1st, the Canadian dollar was roughly 76 cents U.S. This morning, the Canadian dollar was trading at 74.2 cents, or 1.8% lower than last week. It has the effect of adding approximately $5 Canadian per CKG to the value of a forward contract, depending on the value of the underlying lean hog futures contract. Coming up next, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Provinces might be forced to commit to federal 2035 targets to green their power grids in order to get new investment tax credits and grants for electricity projects. That is already a requirement for one of the new tax credits, but a paper published by the federal government today opens the door to expanding it. Energy Minister Jonathan Wilkinson says the idea is under consideration because the money has to guarantee Canadians will have a reliable, affordable and clean power grid. Six provinces are already 90% of the way to a net zero grid, but New Brunswick and Nova Scotia are far behind and Alberta and Saskatchewan have already said they can't meet that timeline. Alberta's Premier is defending her government's moratorium on approving new wind and solar power projects, saying backup plants powered by natural gas are needed for when wind isn't blowing or the sun isn't shining. But Danielle Smith also told her province-wide radio call-in program Saturday that no one is proposing any new natural gas plants because the federal government has created so much uncertainty in the market. The rationale was confusing for an energy market economist, as well as a representative of a renewable energy industry group, who say there isn't a requirement in Alberta's market for generators to be able to supply power 24-7. On the markets, the TSX is down 87 points at 20,148. The Dow is down 270 points to 35,202. Oil is up 27 cents at $82.21 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 74.40 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's another edition of Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.